Are you pregnant or a new parent looking to ensure a better postpartum experience? Or are you a birth worker looking to improve your postpartum care skills? Check out Thriving After Birth, an online self-paced course by me, midwife and educator Tanya Tringali. It's 10 and a half hours of video content featuring experts in lactation, mental health, pelvic floor health, pediatric sleep issues. You also get worksheets and a workbook, as well as options to have a one-on-one session with me. Sign up at motherwitmaternity.com slash thriving, and let's improve postpartum care together. episode number one of the Mother Wit podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today, and I hope that you will hang out with me through what will be a journey. Um, As with any podcast, I'm sure that if we went back and listened to the first episode of anything that we've fallen in love with, um, you know, it starts as one thing and morphs into another. So Uh, Even as I'm getting started, I'm excited to see where this will lead. But in this first episode, I really just wanted to tell you what my goals here are and a little bit about myself so that as we move forward, uh, you have a framework of who I am and where I'm coming from and why I'm doing this and all that stuff. So, all right, let's get started. Um, This podcast will release once a week. And I plan to alternate for the most part, not necessarily, you know, totally rigidly or anything, but you know, for the most part, I intend to have consumers, sometimes they will be my former clients, uh, telling their stories and sharing their healthcare experiences. And of course, in the case where they are my client or former client, um, you know, we might be talking a bit about how some of the unique stuff that I'm doing within the healthcare space, hopefully contributed to their positive outcomes. Uh, And that's a whole thing I'll get into here shortly. I want to tell you guys what I do and why I do it. Um, Alternating weeks, I plan to interview professionals, many of whom I've worked closely with, people who are specialists in the maternal infant space and perinatal care. Uh, So this is going to be therapists who, particularly therapists who specialize in the perinatal period. We're going to talk with physical therapists who specialize in pelvic floor physical therapy. We will talk with people who uh, are personal trainers, coaches, who specialize in pregnant and postpartum bodies as well. Uh, Let's see who else. We will speak with... um, I'm missing groups of people here who I mean to say, oh, of course, lactation consultants um, and sometimes with pediatric sleep consultants. Um, You know, pediatric sleep consultants is always a funny one for me because for a really long time, I didn't really buy into even the existence of the profession. And I've had a major change of heart on that. That doesn't mean that I like what everyone out there has to say, but um, I think it's still really important that we talk about some of these things that might be controversial, that may or may not have science supporting them. And you know, also what's wrong with doing things sometimes when science doesn't support it, as long as it's not harmful, right? So there's all these discussions that I want to unpack and we can use 
all of these different tools to unpack something that might actually have implications in other sorts of conversations. Um, you know, when we're talking with professionals, I'm hoping that we can provide education on specific topics. And I hope that some of these topics will become requests from listeners. So I hope to make myself available via uh, through my Instagram feed, through my website, and even through the abil ability to leave me a voicemail and maybe tell me a story or share something that um, you would like to say in this podcast yourself. Uh, so anyway, there's a lot of avenues for us to communicate the needs of consumers against also the needs of professionals. Um, I, it's really important to me that in sharing our experiences here, whether we are in the group of people that are professionals in the healthcare space or we are consumers of that healthcare, that we hear each other's stories. So, you know, I would not consider this podcast successful if I look back and I realize that consumers are only chiming in every couple of weeks to hear other consumer stories, um, or if professionals were only chiming in to hear other professionals, or maybe it's the reverse, right? I hope that these conversations can be interesting to everybody. I hope that consumers clients can feel a little bit like a fly on the wall, hearing a conversation between two trusted healthcare professionals who maybe sometimes come from a different uh, space, or maybe they hold slightly different beliefs or values. Um, I hope that this becomes a space to talk about those things. Um, you know, a little bit more about my goals. I want to be honest. I want to tell people the truth. Sometimes when you're working in healthcare, you find yourself unable to tell the truth for so many reasons. And I hope that over time we can unpack those. Um, and I think most importantly, I hope that this podcast and the conversations that I have with people inspire others to seek out the kind of healthcare that they deserve and on the professional side of the equation, I hope this helps professionals find the space, the time and the energy and the space to think creatively about the ways that they may be able to implement changes in the care that they're providing. Um, and I don't say that lightly because I know how hard that can be. And I know that not everybody can up and leave their job. That's not what I mean. So I wanna be really clear about that, um, but I wanna talk about it. I wanna talk about all the different ways that we can provide healthcare and the small and big ways we can make changes so that we can enjoy our jobs and so our clients can get the care that they need and deserve. All right, so if any of that sparks questions for you, if I said anything that you want to delve a little deeper into, there will be avenues to do that again, be it uh, DMing me on Instagram, commenting on a post on Instagram, or sending me an email or calling my voicemail that I'm going to get all set up for you to be able to send me a little rant if you need to. I'm happy to hear. Uh, all right. Moving along. I feel that I should start out by just telling you my story. And I realized that I really haven't told this story in a really long time. And what made me realize it is that I actually did tell this story recently. I was giving a talk to a group of mostly undergrad undergrad students who uh, were largely pre-med, public health, 
uh, a couple law students. There were definitely, it was an array of students, but they were all participants from uh, George Washington University uh, in a course that was being created by students about maternal mortality. And these students reached out to me uh, to ask for assistance on this project and the travels that they have coming up and all this stuff. Anyway, um, they invited me to speak to the class and it was a wonderful experience. I'm so used to preaching to the choir and it's really nice when you get an opportunity to, to speak to a different group. But I found myself starting off my talk with them by telling them my like intro story into how I, how I got into midwifery in the first place. And I hadn't told that story in so long. And it was actually really emotional when I did that. And I had to keep it together. And that, that surprised me. Um, I can already feel it happening again, just thinking about it. It's really interesting. Just the feelings are interesting, not necessarily the story. Although I hope you find the story interesting as well. Okay, so um, I went to performing arts high school. Something to put on the list of things that most people don't know about me um, all these years later. And I moved to New York City when I was 17 years old, right after I finished high school with just a few hundred bucks in a suitcase, living the dream, you know? So I moved to New York City and, you know, I got my like waitress job and I was going to school and going on auditions and doing the things that you do. And I met a, I met a, I met a man and uh, that man and I, we actually met dancing Argentine tango, <laughs> another interesting fact that I don't often tell people. Um, I danced Argentine tango every night of my life for a few years, uh, up until I was pregnant with my daughter through my pregnancy and for a little bit after. Uh, and since then, I have only danced sporadically, so I'm losing my skills in Argentine tango. Anyway, um, I became pregnant when I was 19 years old. And it never once occurred to me to consider an abortion. I have no problems with abortion. Um, I support people in all their choices. I help them with whatever path they are on or need to find and how to get from point A to point B, no problems whatsoever. But for me, it never occurred to me. And I, I honestly, to this day, I can't even say why, because looking back, I have to ask myself, why didn't you consider that? And I love my kid and I love my life and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but when I look back, I'm like, wow, that is an unusual, unusual moment to like not have even, it, I never crossed my mind. Anyhow, I, um, I knew I needed to go see an OB uh, in order to, you know, get started with pregnancy care. And I'm not kidding. I literally opened the book, which now I don't even think the book exists. I think we just get these things online. Um, I opened the book of providers flipped to the like gynecologist obstetrician section. And I called the first person whose name started with an A. And that was, I think geographically that made sense, but I, I literally went in alphabetical order. Um, and I found myself in this doctor's office having my first visit. And, you know, it was quick and abrupt and all those things, which of course I had nothing to compare it to at the time. What got me at that first visit? What propelled every single thing that has happened since was that after a quick physical exam, pap smear and being told that I was officially pregnant, uh, the doctor was walking out of the room and he was like almost out of the room. And he kind of popped the door back open and said, 
oh, hey, um, one more question. Uh, do you have any, any family members with Down syndrome? And I said, well, yeah, actually I do. I have a second cousin who has Down syndrome. And he goes, ah, okay, great. We'll test the baby for Down syndrome at the next visit. Boom, door shuts. And I was left alone in that room in a gown and I was confused. And I was like, what does that mean? Test the baby for Down syndrome. Am I at high risk for having a baby with Down syndrome? You know, like I just, all the thoughts started racing. And I've watched this happen to countless women since. I've debriefed with countless women since for something very similar. Um, anyway, I walked out and I walked across Union Square Park in New York City to the Barnes and Noble. And I found the pregnancy section and I found a way to get like, I don't even know how I did it anymore. It's too long ago, but I figured out somehow in one of these books, I guess I found Down syndrome in the index probably. And I, the first thing I found was that how you test a baby for Down syndrome is with an amniocentesis, right? And for those of you who might not know, an amniocentesis is when we put a long needle in the belly um, and we withdraw just a tiny bit of the amniotic fluid, which will inevitably have some cells of the baby floating around them. And you actually test those cells uh, to see if they are normal or abnormal. And it tests for more than just Down syndrome. But anyway, that's how we, we test for Down syndrome. Now, look, all these years later, I also know that that's not the test he was talking to me about, but that's the test when I was left to my own devices, I read about. And then I read that it can cause miscarriage. And then I was pissed because then I thought, well, what if I want my baby with Down syndrome and I don't wanna risk the chance of miscarriage? Isn't that my choice? So the midwife was already in me and I was pissed right away. And I instantly knew there had to be a better way, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know that midwives existed. I thought you only read about midwives in like Jane Eyre. That is legit what I thought. And then a few weeks later, I don't know, maybe I'd gone back for a visit with the same doctor. Maybe I hadn't, I can't quite remember, but I went to a yoga, prenatal yoga class. And in this prenatal yoga class, there were all these women chatting after class was over and I heard some of them talking about their midwife and my ears perked up and I'm like, what is happening here? And so I walked over to that group and I, I butted in and I don't exactly remember what I said, but I, I asked something about midwives and they told me, oh yeah, right down the street, there's this wonderful place called the Elizabeth Seton Childbearing Center. Um, and um, they told me about a couple of other places they were you know, having their babies. Uh, but the Elizabeth Seton Childbearing Center was like literally in the part of town where I did most of my life, uh, where most of my life took place. So it was super convenient. I was like, oh my God, there's this midwife option, like right in the part of town that I care the most about. And so I transferred my care very quickly over to the midwives. And whether I'd had one or two visits at the doctor, it was night and day, night and day. I would walk into that center. I would pick up my own chart. I would read every word in that chart. Um, I would then go to the bathroom and I would pee in a cup and I would do my own pee test and I would weigh myself and I would write it down in the chart. And man, was that empowering. It sounds so minor, but it was so empowering to be my own healthcare provider for a small part of that visit and to know that I was allowed inside that chart. And to this day, that speaks to me. So anyone who's ever worked with me, we have completely open books. Nothing I write is something that that person can't see. And it's usually a conversation between me and my client. 
um, because that's the only way I think is fair. I don't think I should be allowed to write anything about you that you can't see. <laughs> that's my belief. Anyhow, so I switched to midwives. I had a wonderful time. I had a wonderful birth center birth, hard and long and all the things. But the second that baby was out in my arms, I had this feeling that has never left me, not once for a day that I could do anything. And I was so young and I didn't have a college education and I didn't know what my life was gonna look like because I couldn't even understand like, how do I raise a baby and carry on with life? But somehow I knew I needed to do something meaningful. And through the course of the pregnancy, I'm pretty sure I devoured every single book on pregnancy that was in Barnes and Noble. And I knew that I was gonna be a midwife, but I didn't really wanna tell anybody because I was embarrassed and somehow I, I wasn't embarrassed that I wanted to be a midwife. What I was embarrassed about was this fear that I had to have a perfect birth and do it quote unquote perfectly and well, or I wasn't fit to be a midwife. I don't know why I tied those things together. And I hope that had I not had a great birth that I would have still landed here, but I don't know, you know, I definitely know midwives who got where they are because they had four C-sections and the first two they thought were unnecessary, right? So I've, I've seen people become midwives all the ways. I obviously know midwives who don't have babies and I know male midwives and I know whatever, all the ways. Um, so we all get there how we get there, but that's how I got there. So by the time I was six weeks postpartum, I had taken a doula training and I was at my first birth as a doula. And I did a very small number of births as a doula before I said, forget this man, I, want to do more. I want, I want to be more involved in this process. Um, and I got into nursing school. Um, and I continued to work as a doula and a postpartum doula while I was in nursing school. Uh, but I always knew I was going to be a midwife. Um, so I went to nursing school because I didn't have an undergraduate degree. Um, and in New York state, you don't need to be a nurse to be a midwife, but that's not true in every state. And so somewhere deep down inside, I also knew that I might not live in New York forever. And I didn't want to put in all this work and find that I couldn't work somewhere else. So anyway, I went to nursing school at NYU and then I needed to come up for air at that point. I needed to get my kid into kindergarten before I felt like I could handle midwifery school. So I paused and I worked as a nurse for two years. And then I kept working as a nurse for two more years while I was in midwifery school. Um, anyway, I can tell you all more stories down the road about uh, my days of working as a midwife. I've worked in all kinds of settings. I've worked in really beautiful, small volume midwife owned practices um, in, in a hospital that just would blow your mind in terms of how wonderful they are to midwives. I did some births in a birth center when I was a student. I've never done home birth. Uh, and I've worked in some really busy hospital based practices that um, are harder to work in for me, uh, for sure. And I'm happy to talk more about that over time. But again, I think I'll save that for another day and unpack that more slowly over time as it feels appropriate with certain guests on the show. Um, so anyway, I hope that in telling you how I became a midwife, that that gives you a little bit of insight into who I am. But I think the next piece of the story, so just jumping ahead, kind of skipping over my career because otherwise we'd be here together for a ridiculously long time. So we're gonna skip my career, but I think I wanna just mention burnout, professional burnout in healthcare and 
uh, I don't think it's particular to women's health, but I think that obstetrics and midwifery is is unique because, you know, there obviously there are other professions where they're on call. I want to make sure that I'm not being absolutist about anything, but you know, if you work nine to five, it looks one way, right? If you have work inside of a, an office setting and you're with patients nine to five, and that never appealed to me at all. Um, so, you know, this was still better, but there's something about being on all the time or close to all the time that is a real challenge, um, especially in the, the years where things aren't in your control. You can't do things the way you want to. And in alternate years when things were much more happy professionally, they were often times where my financial struggles were the worst, right? Um, so that's what ultimately leads to burnout. And thankfully I was able to sustain until about the time I sent my only kiddo off to college. And when I sent her off to college, I knew I had to do something different and I couldn't do this anymore. And I started building what, I, what, what you see me doing now back in 2017, a year before I left New York City. And my plan at the time was to incorporate all that I had learned about fitness. So taking a little bit of a segue, I'll, I'll come back and explain the fitness stuff. But um, I had accumulated a lot of knowledge and I had a lot more to learn and I still have a lot more to learn, of course, but um, I, I'd gotten really interested in fitness in the perinatal period. Um, and I'd become so clear about all the advice I'd given to people over a lot of years um, that was unfounded, that was not based on any kind of science or even any kind of expert opinion or anecdotal evidence of my own. Like there were no, no appropriate layers of evidence for the things that I said to people. Um, and I don't think that those things harmed people frequently, but I, there probably is some harm to be had in there. Um, anyway, I decided to get a personal trainer certificate, get my CrossFit level one and take uh, a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism course, which is Brianna Battles uh, certification program. There are a number of, of trainings around the idea of working with people during pregnancy and postpartum, um, but this is the one I chose to do. And hopefully I'll talk with some other guests who have done other programs and uh, we can swap notes and talk about all these fun fitness related things as well as the you know, time goes on on this podcast. But anyway, um, I planned a move to New Orleans, Louisiana, and to start this business that would start as a fitness-based business for pregnant and postpartum people with the idea that maybe it would morph back into some sort of a midwifery practice. Um, COVID waylaid things quite a bit. I did move to New Orleans. I was part of an awesome startup accelerator called Propeller. Um, that taught me a lot about running a business and gave me a lot of confidence at a time I needed it. I'm so grateful to them. Um, and I was up and running for about eight months when the pandemic hit. And honestly, things I think were going really well. But um, yeah, pandemic closed everything down. And so I regrouped and I became 100% virtual. And it's taken me a good long time to wrap my mind around what that looks like and how to function. And I think I've taken care of a lot of people and done some really good stuff, but marketing is really hard when you're kind of open to working with people everywhere. And that's ultimately how I <laughs> came around to 
deciding it was time to do a podcast because I realized that this is a great platform for me to say what I need to say. I'm sure some of you have heard me say before that I have not figured out how to say what I do in any sort of concise manner. And that is another barrier to marketing is people don't understand what I do and I am unable to articulate it concisely. So that's my fault, my bad. Uh, maybe over time, some of you will help me find a way to say what I do in a more concise manner. That would be really super. Um, but anyway, uh, I now offer a range of virtual services. And I know some of you are thinking like, well, how does a midwife who typically catches babies do work virtually, right? Well, catching babies is just one small piece of the puzzle. It's like a super fun piece. It's where people think all the glory is. But honestly, what I think is most problematic in our healthcare system and even in midwifery is systemic problems that don't give us the time to dig deep and spend adequate time listening to people teaching, making sure that we've taken pauses where they need to be taken so people can process and think and go through all the options and troubleshoot. One of the things I hated most about working in a busy setting was making the conscious choice not to open the door to a particular part of a conversation because I knew I didn't have time for it. And now I don't do that. Anyone who's ever worked with me will tell you that even if I said our visit is 30 minutes, it was probably more like 45 minutes or an hour um, because I'm not going to shut anybody down. I'm just not. It doesn't feel good and I'm tired of doing it. And so I give people what it is that they need. And the vast majority, if not all of the clients I've worked with have been so respectful of me and my time. And I've told many, many, many people, no one's ever really taken advantage of me. Um, and this to me is the way it should feel. So anyway, I, I digress. I spend most of my time in this virtual space providing extremely comprehensive postpartum care. Like there is nothing that doesn't get covered. Um, and again, I won't unpack all, all that that is. It's on my website, it's in my Instagram feed, and I'm sure it will get unpacked over the course of a gazillion episodes that I hope will follow. Um, I also have, I think, really figured out how to do virtual uh, sessions for pregnant and postpartum athletes. Um, it's super fun. I, I get to play detective uh, <laughs> and figure out how to make people move better and feel better about their movement, uh, reduce pain and uncomfortable symptoms, especially as they relate specifically to stuff that tends to creep up. Uh, postpartum. Uh, and I can thank a wonderful, wonderful man named Anthony Lowe for his approach. Um, and maybe one day I'll be lucky enough to have him as a guest on my show. Um, in, I really credit him with the way I approach this. Uh, what else? Let's see. Sometimes I work with people who are planning a pregnancy and who need support maintaining their wellness. So that might mean diet changes, implementing exercise. It might mean weight loss. It might mean managing chronic conditions um, and really spending the time necessary to optimize health during pregnancy. And that optimizes outcomes and reduces risks to, to pregnant people and babies. Um, so beyond that, I have created some online courses and I've got other ideas kind of creeping up. 
but that's mostly where things are at at the moment. Um, I did a couple Instagram lives and realized pretty quickly that it's the same thing as doing a podcast and that a podcast would very likely have a much larger reach. So anyway, I thank you so much for sticking it out through this first episode and just hearing me ramble because that's what I've done here. I'll totally admit it. I have just rambled for however long it's been. I, but I wanted to get these thoughts out and share them with you so that you knew where I'm coming from, from a really honest place as we progress. Thank you for your time. And I hope you'll be joining us for future episodes. See you later. Hey everyone, it's me, Tanya, your host here at the Motherwit Podcast. You know I sometimes invite my clients on the show to talk about their birth stories and postpartum experiences, but I want to tell you a little bit more about what those clients and I actually do together. I started Motherwit to help people in the perinatal period achieve their health and wellness goals. That means whether you're hoping to conceive and struggling with high blood pressure or high blood sugar, or you're having trouble managing anxiety or depression in the postpartum period, or maybe you just need support and advocacy between prenatal or postpartum visits, I can help. Get a discount on your first consultation with me at motherwitmaternity.com using the code FIRSTCONSULT10% OFF. That's 10% symbol, all one word. I'm looking forward to working with you and maybe having you on the show too.